You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for pirates. You're listening to Absolute Empowerment with Coach Jeff Connors on The Sports Objective. Join Coach C, the USA Strength and Conditioning Hall of Famer, every Monday night to see in a variety of guests, including former players, former and current coaches, pastors, and others will discuss relevant issues in coaching today's athlete with the goal of equipping the athlete and those coaching them with the physical, mental, and spiritual armor necessary to live their best life. Here's Coach Connors. Welcome to Absolute Empowerment. Uh, I'm Jeff Connors. Today we have a very special guest. Tim Swords, who was a pirate four-letter, uh, four-year letterman under Pat Dye and Olympic weightlifting coach. And before we crank it up, I'm going to go ahead and uh, recognize our sponsor. Uh, Ed Watkins Marine has two locations to serve you as they are located in Denver and Cornelius, North Carolina, in the greater Charlotte area of our state. He has fishing boats, pleasure boats, pontoon boats, center consoles, family-friendly bow riders, trailers, engines, and UTVs. He has all the brands you are seeking. Seapro, Suncatcher, Pontoons, Tritoons, Stingray, Yamaha, Suzuki, Mercury, Texas Bass Boats, Explore Skiffs, and more. Whether you're looking for a new boat or repower your existing boat, Ed Watkins can help you with your boating needs. Visit them online at edwatkinsmarine.com. We appreciate Big Ed's support of the show, and Ed was undoubtedly the most enthusiastic and positive athlete I've ever coached. So thank you, Ed Watkins. (laughs) So, Coach, we're back to you, and uh, very happy and honored to have you on the show today. Oh, I'm honored. So uh, I have seen many uh, posts on Facebook over the years, uh, been familiar with you at a distance and uh, with your accomplishments uh, at East Carolina and your background and your passion for strength training. And uh, really today, we just want to tell your story uh, because we want to honor you as being someone who's had a lot of success in the Pirate Athletic Program when you were there and then after that, taking so many years to coach young people and add something to their lives that's meaningful beyond just getting strong. And so uh, we want to start a little bit with your your early life, kind of where you grew up, uh, your early influences, and then, you know, what eventually brought you to East Carolina University. Well, you know, Coach, I tell you, I, I was uh... – I think I was raised pretty much in your area. I was uh, raised uh, in the, the south of Pittsburgh, about about 70 miles, close to a place called Wheeling, West Virginia. The town is New Martinsville, West Virginia. And the New, uh, New Martinsville, West Virginia is one of these places that uh, on Friday night, everybody was at the football game. It, it was, it was, it had, it had that, the people in the town, they had that type of mentality. It was a, it was a small town of about 7,000 people that loved kids and they, they did everything for the kids there. Now, I'm not so sure that's, a, that's the way it is anymore, but that's the way it was when I was growing up. Um, we as kids, we, we, you know, we played all the sports, um, you know, growing up. We had a coal mining area, steel mill area, uh, uh, chemical plants, um, the uh, pretty much blue collar. 
and being from a being an Irish kid like I am, and you know we we all thought we were tough, <laughs> but but we you know we just raised in that in that, that environment, uh, uh, work hard, do the best you can uh, uh, in in class, and that's what my dad demanded of us. You know, basically your job is to is a, is to be a good be a good student, be a good person on the street, treat people right. And then, uh, and, and work hard at whatever your sport was. It was, uh, I got involved in strength training. Um, my dad was a two sport athlete at Notre Dame and I had a couple older brothers that were really, really good. And one was a extremely strong guy and he was kind of an innovator. He, he got pretty much everybody in the town lifting weights. He had 70 division one scholarships, 70. And he was he could have played offensive line or defensive line at college. And he went to Virginia Tech and he played there uh, for four years. Uh, he went to a prep school first in Virginia, but he got everybody involved in weightlifting. And he contacted the people at the uh, York Barbell Club and he contacted uh, some of the strength coaches like Lou Renke, some of these guys for the Steelers and some of even a guy that ended up coaching me, a guy named Norbert Shemansky, who was a five time Olympian. He coached me some in my career. Um, uh, not much of an articulate man, but a guy that was, uh, that had a simple scheme and basically, uh, you're going to do what I say or you're not going to be here. He was, he was that kind of guy. Not, he was just a tough guy. Anyway, long story short, my brother got us involved. Um, the, uh, I quit basketball because of weightlifting, because of strength training. I wasn't big enough, uh, to, at that time, I was kind of a chubby kid, and then I told my dad, you know, I don't want to play basketball. And he said, well, you need to play something. You need to do something. What are you going to do? And I was, this was in 1970, and I told my father, so, you know, Dad, I'd, I think I'd like to start lifting weights. And he looked at me, he goes, well, that's a good thing. He goes, he said, do you think you'll stick with that? So I was the fourth son. I had three older brothers. Two of them were great athletes. They were all good athletes, but the one was exceptional. And he was a little worried about me because I didn't know where I actually stood in that pecking order of, of human beings in that house. But uh, so I started lifting weights and I kind of had a, it, it just was, it just was really a good thing for me to, to see. And I developed quickly. Uh, I was blessed with that. I, I was, I, I never, no matter what I did, I just seemed to get stronger. Um, and, and, and it, it opened a lot of, it gave me opportunity that I never would have had. But uh, so, you know, then my father says, well, I'm dyslexic. Then my father says to me, well, you know, I wasn't that good of a student because I was dyslexic. And so I started trying to read magazines that were related to strength training. And so I would read these magazines. I would read like three times in a row. So my dad ended up saying, well, this guy's reading. This, so I'm going to get these magazines to him all the time. So I had a strength and health magazine and muscular development magazine show up at the house. So I'd read this thing front to back two or three times. I, I, I'm sure you're familiar with those magazines from York Barbell. Back yes, yeah, well, I used to read those things two or three times and that was the only thing I would read. So I was very passionate about getting strong. The, uh, uh, we started powerlifting, which may be even stronger. I was a very strong kid. I, I did a double 700, uh, squat uh and, and deadlift and i benched 440 but i was stiff so in college when it's east carolina i i wasn't the i i couldn't i couldn't move really it, it, you know straight ahead i was i was a beast but i couldn't go <laughs> i was stiff and i was naturally a flexible person i said i'm doing something wrong and so i i, I started i started trying to learn how to do the power movements 
And, uh, you know, thank God we had a good strength coach who came in there and helped me out with that. But uh, we tried to do pyroclanes and all that stuff, but we just, we just weren't very good at it. Um, you know, it, we could just do things brute, just being a brute. And, and, you know, we weren't highly skilled or, you know, it was just, just, just being a big, strong kid is what it was. But we had this good strength coach come in at East Carolina, Jeff Johnson. And, and he kind of, he, as far as technique wise and whatnot, and he changed, he changed, uh, he changed my life. He changed it. Well, there's other guys too, but, but, but he was a major part of that. And, and if you, if I could tell you a, a quick story uh, about coach die and, and bear Bryant, I would like to share this with everybody if I could, because this, this, this kind of changed my way of thinking and it what gave me great passion to work with kids because that's what I love the most. I really love kids. I was walking down in Scales Fieldhouse. They're walking down there by Coach Dye's office. We were getting ready to play a spring football game. And I was wearing my pads. I had my ankles taped. I just had that cut-off shirt on. And I walked by Coach Dye's office, and I saw him in there talking to somebody. And I said, well, you know, who knows who's in there? I mean, it could have been anybody. And, and as I was walking back, he yells at me. He says, Tim Swords, he says, come in here. I need, I want you to meet somebody. So I walked inside the office and Bear Bryant was sitting there. I was like, oh my. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so here's Bear Bryant. Bear Bryant's sitting there and I go, gee whiz. And I didn't know, you know, I was, I really honestly, uh, I was a bit intimidated. I, I, I really was. I love Coach Dow like a seventh, like a second father, but Bear Bryant just had a different energy about him and coach Dye said to coach Brian he says coach this is Tim Swords he's our strongest football player that that's what coach Dye told him <laughs> of course you know I, I I being six foot three I tried to be six four because I was trying to stand up even taller <laughs> you know, I, was really, I was really proud of the fact that he made that statement so I, I I coach Bryant got up out of his chair he shook my hand and he says son you must have passion for what you do I was like, wow, what do I, how, how do you respond to that? I, I'm, you know, I'm a, sitting there, I'm an old dumb hillbilly from West Virginia. How do you talk? <laughs> I was not expecting that from him. So I, I just looked at Coach Bryant and I said, Coach, you know, I, I, I just train hard. I, I, I do it. I, I, I try to motivate my teammates. You know, I, I, do, I do it for myself. I want to be a player. I want to contribute. And, uh, and he says, well, you're, on the, you're, you're doing the right thing and you're on the right path. And he said, it doesn't matter what you do in your life, and I'll never forget it. This passion you have, it doesn't matter if you're passionate about, you know, your children or, or Jesus Christ, which I am, or growing tulips or, or dogs. You got you to gotta find something that gets you excited about getting up in the morning. And, you know, I'll never forget it because that those, you must be passionate for what you do to me, changed my life. And I was around all these smart people growing up. But that those words from Bear Bryant changed my life. And what do I, I think to myself, what do I really, what do I really enjoy? Well, I like helping people because my Christian background. And I really love children. Now, do I want to be a school teacher? I don't know. <laughs> uh, what can I do that that can, can, can really help me I mean, that I can help children either at the church or the fellowship of Christian athletes or, or, uh, you know, I worked with youth and gangs for a while. That was pretty tough, but uh, you know, I've done things, I've, I've done things like that to try to figure out 
where I belong in in uh, uh, in the grand scheme of <laughs> this area. You know, what what can I do to get back? And that's that's what I decided to do about 35 years ago is is open an uh, at risk program for for children, and that's what I've been doing since, along with my regular job, which I am now retired from. So you know, I was putting in. I might not have been putting in strength coach hours because I know you guys put in <laughs> 60, 70 hours a week, but I was probably putting in, I was putting in 20 extra to my job. Uh, and, and you know what? And it was just, it was easy because I, I, I saw the benefit that these kids, uh, you know, whether they were uh, coming off drugs or, or uh, you just didn't have a dad, uh, just needed some guidance, you know, and, and it was, uh, it, it was, it just made me feel good basically. And I, you know, I wanted to, I was raising a family that was always giving back to the community. And that's, uh, that's basically, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of, I'm glad I was in that family because I am happy when I get up in the morning because I have another opportunity to give back. And it's, it's not, it's not a job. It's, it's not a, it's, it's just, it just makes me feel good. You know, I'll do my morning meditation and I say, man, this is great. Good Lord gave me another day, and I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to do my best to help these children. <laughs> That's the truth. It's, 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 it's great. It's a, I'm high on life because of that, and I have been for, you know, 25, 30 years. It's, uh, it's been, a good, been a good gig, so I probably rambled too much. I, I apologize for that, but uh, these, these are, this is what's kept me in the sport uh, uh, and kept me uh, – kept me focused on on the right the right thing in my opinion well the purpose of this podcast is to hear you ramble so that's okay. all well and good with me and i had no idea that we had so much in common uh because of course you know i grew up in western pennsylvania and uh you're probably even familiar with places like the american legion and sons of italy oh yeah uh Polish weddings. Oh, heck yes. Heck yes. Uh, polka dances. Oh, yes. Yes, sir. We used to uh, go around. Am- <laughs> uh, the Ambridge VFW Hall up there to compete. Then we go up to Butler. Uh, we yeah. had, anyways, Catanian. Uh, you know, I don't know what part of Western Pennsylvania uh, you're, you're from, but yeah, I'm very, I, I, I love the Pittsburgh area. You know, even even when it was, uh, uh, what tough people up there, tough as nails. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, I love that area. I really do. I'm not too far. I'm not too far away. I mean, I, I I grew up with guys that you played college football with. Yeah, I mean, I, I played at Salem, West Virginia, and you you were talking about that 215 pound nose guard. You know, we played at 52 slant and angle, and uh, our nose probably weighed 225, but nobody could block him. Probably Rocky Martin. Well, Rocky Martin was there when I got there. Yes, sir. Okay, was that the guy you're talking about? Well, after him was Bob McGurko. Okay. Uh, who I still talk to, and he coached in the Pittsburgh area uh, when he got out of school. He, you know, he, uh, I can't remember the high school he's at. In fact, uh, uh, another coach who played with my dad at Salem also coached that same high school. But yeah, Rocky Mountain, I got, or Rocky, uh, Rocky Martin, I, I got a couple stories about, <laughs> about Rocky Martin. I bet you do. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's, uh, it, it's really interesting. Uh, you might even remember uh, how to make a pierogi. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, 
I don't, but my, <laughs> I've eaten uh, several of them. <laughs> and you can tell by my waistline, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do better. <laughs> well, uh, that's awesome. And, and you're probably aware, if you've heard any of these podcasts, that it is a Christian podcast. And uh, I was just wondering when you were, when, when you grew up, uh, young Tim Swords, was there anything you can remember that uh, with your faith that helped you to overcome adversity? Well, you know, Coach, honestly, uh, my faith, my entire life has helped me overcome adversity. Yeah. Uh, going to Catholic school until the eighth, pretty much eighth grade, uh, and doing all the sacraments and all that stuff, and and and, and being around devout uh, Catholic parents. Um, every day when my dad was home, he was uh, he was saying he was saying the rosary, and I uh, that I, I remember, and and uh, honestly, I still do it today, and I I do it because um, because I need that. Um, I, I I don't need it because of uh, because of temptation really so much because I understand you know I'm if okay so maybe. Uh, Dunkin' Donuts is the biggest temptation. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing bad things, but but the, but I've lost I've lost a couple children, so uh, that's that's mm -hmm. where that's where the strength that's my strength. I, I need I need the prayer. Uh, if uh, if it wasn't for that, I would be in a I'd be I'd be pretty I'd be in pretty bad pretty dire straits if it wasn't for my faith. Uh, the, the, the other thing is, is that, you know, and I don't, I, I don't understand it. And, and your listeners are probably going to think, man, this guy's, this guy's crazy, but this is the truth. And I've always kind of had intuitions about things that have come that, 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 that are happening now, you know, and, and, and then I get the phone call saying, Hey, this is, this just happened. And so I don't know, it's almost like a clairvoyant type thing now, we were in Wheeling, West Virginia. My mom was at a hospice. I got up at three o'clock in the morning. I'm staying with my brother on Chaplin Street in Wheeling, one of those Victorian homes there. And I had this tremendous lower abdominal pain. And this type of stuff has happened to me a lot in my life, a lot. There's even an East Carolina story about this. So I get this abdominal pain. I go into the bathroom. I'm sitting there in the bathroom. I say, okay, I thought, what is wrong with me? And, and the pain goes away. I get up. I walk into the room. And I said, my mother just died. I put clothes on, turn on the light. 15 minutes later, my, my sister-in-law comes downstairs and she says, what are you doing awake? And I said, oh, mom died. She said, how did you know that? I said, I don't know. Uh, you know, I mean, wow. things, things, a, a, a friend of mine jumped out of Jones dorm. If Jones dorm was even there anymore in, in, in Greenville, I, I knew that kid, he wanted to go out and go downtown in Greenville. And I said, nah, I'm not doing it. I don't feel good. I don't feel good about this. That kid ended up, ended up killing himself. I mean, I, it, I didn't know that he was going to do that, but I just felt something was, something was bad. And, and uh, so the clairvoyance, and this is not all. There, there's, there's a few dozen of these weird, these weird uh, gut feelings. But, uh, but this, this is part. This happened. These things happened to me. And I knew, I, I knew my one son died too. I knew he died. I was going to find him. I, I knew that. I knew that. So, I mean, it's, 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 so I've had major highs 
and major lows in all my life. You know, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I've, I've been blessed, been blessed with strong faith and the strong faith has really kept me going. And, and, and the fact that, 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 that the good Lord has given me something that I truly care about and I'm passionate about, and that's the, the, to, the, the development of all the, the best I can do is to say the right things, to, to help people uh, uh, not do silly things like hurt themselves. Hey, I, I, uh, I'm coming home about six months ago. And uh, six months ago, yeah, right, 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 yeah, right, September. There's a there's a, a a very large young man who I used to coach for five years. On strength and conditioning, he's six foot five, three hundred twenty pounder. He's an offensive tackle. He played up there at the, um, San Antonio, Texas San, uh, yeah, University of Texas San Antonio. He tried out for the Steelers. He got cut. He's sitting on my neighbor's yard. He he was so messed up mentally. He he didn't know where I lived. I, I'm driving by him. I go, that's that's Josh over there. So I stopped my truck and said, "What are you doing?" He says, "I just don't." I, he goes, "I just need to talk to you." I'm I'm having uh, you know. He he didn't think he was worth anything because he didn't make the Pittsburgh Steelers. I said, Josh. I said, you you're 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 the the male mentor in your family to your two younger daughters, you, you have to be strong for these two, your sisters. Well, shoot. After about three hours of him squeezing me to death and because he's just a big, strong guy and, and, you know, and and crying and everything else. I mean, we, so we had these interactions he's a Catholic. I gave him the rosary in my truck. I mean, I said, you know, but it meant something to him. And, and so we go back for, and finally that it, it, I got him uh, involved in some, uh, you know, some help with a, with, with a, a person, you know, psychiatrist actually first. And, and, uh, and, and we found out what he, what he else he was passionate about. And right back to the bear Bryant uh, thing. Well, you know, he, he, if he couldn't play football, he wanted to be a barber. Mm-hmm. Well, so so the, the the kid went to barber school. Well, you know he's he's not out yet, I don't think. But but he's at least he's at least he feels like he's accomplishing something in his life. And that you know it does. I mean, yeah, got Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, shoot, that's a how many people get an opportunity to do that? But you know he he's uh you know he he's actually thinking he's doing. I mean, he feels good about what he's doing, and his and his yeah. and his little sisters have him back. So I mean. This has been ongoing for thirty some years, Coach, and it, it's uh, uh, you know it's it's just something that I am blessed. I'm blessed to say, dear God, give me the right words to say, because I need to say the the correct things to these people so they don't. It can't be just some mundane answer to what they're saying or, or, or something. We got to find out what can help these kids and, 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 and get them, get them, uh, get them going the right direction. I mean, I got college strength coaches. So I got one of you. I got them at UCLA. I got that, that kid, that kid, I used to pay for his, give him gas money so he could get home. Now he's, he's one of the Olympics football strength coaches at UCLA. Now, I mean, so, I mean, these are success stories from people that just didn't, didn't you know they just needed some guidance and it what the heck is it comes right back to my mother and father you you know what would they do what would your parents do well you know i'm gonna 
I'm not going to let anybody, uh, I'm not going to let anybody go hungry or I'm not going to let anybody eat. I'm not going to let this kid run out of gas. So he can't make it home. He's driving. I mean, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to feed this kid lunch. It's, just, it's not that big of a deal. It, it's, you know, but these, they'll remember that. It, it, uh, I don't know. I'm passionate about this. As you can tell, Bear Bryant is a part of this. My father is a part of this. My brother is a part of this. Uh, there, there's people in my life that have, that, that have uh, believed in me. And, 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 and I give it all back to Jesus Christ because I need help too. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I said, we all do. No doubt. Gee, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'll tell you, my dad says to me, I had 12 football scholarships. My dad says to me, I really wanted to go to Miami. Miami wasn't very good back in the day. But I was just saying Miami beaches because I'm a dummy. So, so you know, 17, 18-year-old kid. He says, you'll be home in six months. And he says, quite frankly, I don't want to see you. <laughs> That's what my dad told me. He says, you need to stay in school. So, uh, so he goes, you know, you, you're going to get to play. Coach Dye told me. And, of course, you know, you got to go and do some performance. Yeah. And Dye says, hey. Your son's going to play. We graduated three people in his position. He's going to come in and play. And he says, tell me, well, you want to be like your, you want to be like a couple of your brothers and ride the bench and then get to play your junior, senior in college. Uh, uh, I said, well, yeah, I kind of like to play. <laughs> and uh, I visited East Carolina and uh, shoot, I, it's the best thing I ever did in my life. It's almost like the good Lord shoving me in that direction. It, everything, everybody I met, uh, my, my roommate, uh, Matt Mulholland, who's a really good offensive lineman there, Wayne Bolt. I don't know if you know Wayne Bolt is or not. Uh, I do. Oh, my God. Well, Coach, <laughs> what are you talking about a character? Well, he, <laughs> he was the one that showed me around, and, and, and Pat Dye, uh, Coach Dye. So, he, so I went out with Bolt, and I went out with a, a guy named Jimbo Walker. And Jimbo does a lot of stuff for the big emails for the people in classes. And he keeps I know him, too. Huh? I know him also. Oh, Jimbo, too? These are, you know, so these guys showed me around. I had, a, I had the best time of my life, you know, and, and it was you know, just, it was really good, clean fun, you know, honestly. And, uh, and, and I met my, my, my roommate there. I met Matt, Matt Maul on there and I go, this is a no brainer. And I, now Lou Holtz gave me a scholarship at, uh, at NC state. And uh, I actually met Billy Cower there, but Bill Cower's a good guy. He like drinking. He drank a lot of beer. Believe it or not. Anyway, long story short, <laughs> he, he's good old Western Pennsylvania boy. He, 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 that boy could drink some beer now. Let me tell you. Uh, but, <laughs> but anyway, so so, uh, uh, and I said, this is it, man. This is this is this is the place. These people, this East Eastern North North Carolina people, they'll take you off the they'll take you off the street. And, and, and feed you and, and, and just make, man, just feel good about having you around. I said, man, this is, I never been a place like this in my life. I mean, it was just, it was fantastic. It was like being at home. Yeah. Like, but man, this is, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, there was nothing, there was no other, there was no other option that for me that made, that made any sense. And so, you know, I love East Carolina. I, I'm, uh, you know, I, I, I wish I could live in Eastern North Carolina, honestly, uh, but uh, I don't think I, so I got four grandchildren and I don't think that's going to happen. But but I do love East Carolina. I love what the, what, the, you know, guys like yourself and and, and you know, just the alum, I, just what people have done to make the university grow. And I look at the stadium. I feel proud because, you know, I said, man, 
we were on the very front part of that. Coach Dye's teams were, were, were excellent football teams, and, and uh, we were a family. You know, Coach Dye used to talk about oneness. Oneness. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, oneness. Jeez, are, are we talking about just one person? Because, <laughs> no, the group of people being one together in a brotherhood and, 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 and loving each other. Man, I said, it, this is it's the biggest – it's, it was the biggest fraternity on the campus. Yeah. Just the guys that, that loved each other. And and uh, I can't think, I cannot think of one time that there was any type of negativity put towards anyone, black, white, mix, Asian, or anybody on this, that, that was, it, nothing was negative. It was all say, hey man, we're going to bring you up, and we're going to we're going to work together as, as a team because we care about you. Yeah. Sheesh, where do you find a situation like that? I mean, we kind of had it in high school. I mean, we were we were in the state championships those years and the OVAC champions, and we kind of had that, but we didn't have it like East Carolina. And for Coach Dodd to be able to do that with a with a group of uh, 110 young men who who come from Florida and the mountains of West Virginia and the Tidewater area and, and Pennsylvania, it's all, yeah, and to bring these guys together. That's what he said. How can you – what can you – you look at your defensive line or you look at your defense and you've got these 11 guys out there and all from different parts of the country. And, and they're working together, man. They, 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 they don't – all they know is – we're here. At, we're a family. We're here to, to to win as a family. We're here to win together. No one can do it by themselves. We had a few flamboyant players. We did. We had a guy that hell yeah, I think uh, I don't know if uh, uh, he still has the record. Uh, oh, the linebacker, geez, uh, Harold Randolph. He called himself James now. Harold Randolph probably had 420 tackles in college. I don't know, it's something like that. He's he a little flamboyant, but when it came right down to it, he was a team guy. He he do the he danced he danced a little bit after every tackle. Hell, he's dancing all the time. He made 400 tackles in college. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but but you know, it's like Coach Dye said. Well, you guys' job is to keep those linemen off Harold Randolph, so he can use that four five forty and go make these tackles at two hundred and five pounds. It's Harold too small Randolph, but he was a dandy. He was a really good player. But uh, you know, so it was a no brainer for me. You know, East Carolina. You know, I I was once again. It's it's I'm, I'm, it's like I'm blessed. I'm blessed to have had that to have had that opportunity, and for Coach Dye. To, to, to say the things he did. And when my, um, my freshman year, I was going to start my first game. And it was October 4th, I think. And I went to bed feeling kind of weird. Uh, it, was a, it was a Thursday, and I was feeling weird all week. Because normally I, I, I talk to my father. Uh, and I, 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 called to the, I called the house a couple times, and uh, I, I talked to my mom, talked to one of my brothers. And, I, and my one brother who got me involved in weightlifting, he, he uh, weight training, he was home. He was home from Saudi Arabia. I'm like, what are, you, what are you doing home? I mean, you know, <laughs> are you home? So he was home, and, and uh, 
uh, talked to him. I said, what's going on? He goes, oh, no, I'm just on vacation. You know, he just, he didn't want to say, my dad told my, told her, don't, don't bother him. He's okay. I'm going to be okay. Well, my, my, my father passed away uh, that week. And um, so I, I, I get the, the coach uh, Hutcherson, Ken Hutcherson, he came in and, and he woke, he woke me up at like five o'clock in the morning. And uh, he said, Hey, he told me what happened. Of course, I was like, Sheesh, you know, uh, <laughs> it just took all the wind out of my sails. And so I packed up what I could. We took it to the airport. They actually, Airlines held the plane um, unbelievably. So somebody did something with, with American Airlines. Yeah, so they took me out there, tarmac, lowered the down. I got on the plane, went back to Pittsburgh. Uh, the, uh, uh, but, you know, I had some, I had some major, uh, some, I had some real issues there with anger. And, and, uh, you know, I remember coach, I get mad at me and putting a tire on my head because I'd have a, a cheap shot or something, make me run the athletic field a few times. But, but, uh, well, I mean, you know, he, coach, I, he, yeah. he, he, he's not, uh, you know, Tracy ain't there, anybody. But, but, but there was, well, we had a lot of sit down conversations that uh and he would ask me how i was doing and once again he says you know he said tim swords timmy swords that's what he said to me i said well coach uh you know, i want to talk to you about something he goes how are you doing in school i said well coach i'm I, not that good <laughs> i'm having a hard time with uh with certain things i'm I, I got some depression he set me up with you know he helped me out there and uh without uh without coach die i i never would have i never would have finished school um much less been uh uh, I, I never had tendencies to be bad, but, but I, but I was, you know, I was having some problems and I felt like, uh, my family, I felt like they were a little deceitful to me. <laughs> they didn't tell me anything, you know, but, yeah. uh, anyway, I, 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 since then, I mean, after that, I still had some issues with that, but then, but then, you know, uh, I really, I was always going, I always went to church and I was always praying. I pray all the time. Gee, I pray. I pray a lot, and and uh, and, I, and I still pray a lot. I, I, I pray a lot. I've prayed a lot all my life, and 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 I I know that is uh, I know that's my strength. I know it is. The uh, if, uh, if man, if I didn't have that, gee whiz, I, w- I would have nothing, because I I need I need that. I need the faith. If I don't have faith. What's that old thing they say about faith? You know, people say you don't have faith until they you're in a foxhole and the bullets are flying by you. You got faith then, you know, when, when people actually have faith, you know, and I've had that faith. I've had that faith all my life. And, and, and uh, um, without, <laughs> I couldn't operate coach if I didn't have it. I could not operate. So, but, but Pat Dye saved me. Pat Dye was the second father to me and, and he saved me uh, from, 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 myself and, and uh what anything else i mean you, you make a decision I, 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 might have, I was thinking about some poor decisions and coach die saved me from poor decisions uh and uh so and and uh and i'm trying to do the same thing with the uh, with uh you know the people i've worked with i've i've worked with over 1100 kids uh, in the last almost 40 years uh it's it's uh not all of them stayed but I treated everybody the same. <laughs> These guys, you know, uh, had a had a dad come up here. This is a couple of years ago, and he had two daughters, and they were volleyball players. They were good ones. And he says, "Well, he goes, how are you going to train my daughters?" 
I said, I'm going to train them the same way I train the boys. He goes, what? You know, what do you mean? I got, they got hips and legs <laughs> and shoulders. <laughs> We're not going to train them any different. They got to jump. <laughs> you have to have range. They got to have good mobility. You have to be powerful. I mean, why train them any different? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, of course, nowadays, yeah, well, hang on. You never know. Someone might identify as something different, but but uh, these these were actual girls, and we're going to train just like we trained the kids at playing linebacker slightly. But we're going to train them. We're going to train them pretty much, pretty much uh, train on your feet because that's how you play. You know, and train with explosiveness, range of motion stuff. And you know more about that than anybody because you've you've done it for thousands of athletes. <clears throat> but I've I've just I've just been a kids guy, and uh, well, I've had other opportunities. I uh, did some Navy SEAL work. I did some of that. That was kind of fun. And uh, I worked with uh, the, the the Oilers as a contract guy, but with Bob uh, uh, Doug Bob Young, off of the guard, then became a strength coach, off the line coach, and he's passed away now. Then I uh, trained the uh, Rockets uh, strength coaches, not their players. They didn't trust me with their players; they trust me with their coaches. <laughs> yeah. The strength coaches came here, and and we did. Uh, and yeah, we were doing all kind of pulling movements where, you know, we were actually, we were actually doing jumping and, and some stuff and it was fun. Uh, and Anthony Falson was, uh, he's a, he, I don't know if he's still with the Spurs or not, but he's Ming's guy. Uh, and, and, and matter of fact, the, the, at the uh, Beijing Olympics, Anthony Falson, he leaves the Spurs, I believe. And then he offered him a job back, but he went and trained, he went, trained Chinese, the Chinese national team in Beijing. Oh. And so then, yeah, so he well, they were paying him a lot of money. I think you know that, that's obviously why he did it. But uh, but I've had some opportunities to coach in college. I've had five or six, and uh, quite frankly, uh, I just I can't I can't uh, get away from uh, what my true passion is, and and um, with with the children, with the kids, I just want to yeah. see want to see the kids do well, and that's that's more important. And from this little program, I think we've had 66 national champions out of this program over, over the 40 years. And uh, we've had 106 kids go play college football out of this program. Had a couple Olympians. Had 14, ki- 14 people represent the United States. And I've had opportunity because of this. It's, uh, it's been a blessing. So, uh, you know, to have the opportunity to represent the country 40, 41 times now. And... and uh, you know, you wait with thing is, is, is helped me see the world and help me understand that people in Chechnya, which is a tough place in the world in Russia, they're not bad people. There's there's some bad people there, just like there's some bad people in the fourth ward right here in Houston. But the, the Chechnyans, you know, they're, they're a little, they're a little extremist, extremist yeah. uh, you know, the, you know, they had a big Chechen war there. Basically, Russia came and leveled the leveled the dag on city of Grozny. But, but the, you know, it, it's uh, who in the world it, it, in their right mind goes to Chechnya? Well, <laughs> if the State Department of the United States of America is behind you, then you could go to Chechnya. You know, and be it, it feel pretty well protected because you're representing the country. Or how about a place like Turkmenistan? You know, you go to Turkmenistan and and you're you're it's like the whole the whole city is like a facade. You got these beautiful marble buildings, 10, 15 stories high. Uh, some of the streets are made out of granite. The sidewalks are granite. There's nobody in the buildings. Mm. Wow. 
it's the darndest thing you've ever seen. Uh, they eradicate all the animals. Mm. So you know, we were there 11 days and we saw three birds in 11 days and an ant. We were in the training hall. So I'm there training, you know, we've well, we got the United States world team. And so there's uh, basically, uh, shoot, there were 16, 16 competitors, male and female, or eight men, eight women. And there's this ant. <laughs> it's walking, it's walking in front of this, from the lift, it's a little ant. We're sitting there, and he goes, "Oh, there's an ant right there." I'm gonna step. I said, "Don't step on that ant. That's the only living thing we've seen in this place." Dang on! I said, "Don't step on that ant. <laughs> Let it live. There's nothing living in that country." That was the weirdest place I've ever been. Wow! It's 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 <laughs> you know it makes you so happy to be able to come home. You know. <laughs> what? Well, what I, I wanted you to uh, mention a little bit about the transfer of Olympic lifts to athletics. And of course, tell us a little bit more about uh, your facility. Um, do you have your own facility? Is that where you train all these kids? You know, coach, the, uh, the facility is about 500 square feet. Okay. And it's a, it's a, it's a two and a half car garage. And, and yep. the, the reason I did that well, I did it for a lot of reasons. First of all, there's no overhead. Now I'm a I am a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Yeah, it helped me some. Uh, and most what money I do make from the from the nonprofit goes into uh, helping at risk kids, which I have a slew of them. Uh, help them uh, travel. Uh, the uh, I had a I had a facility at one time with when I was married to my first wife. And, um, she was kind of, it was, it wasn't a good situation. It's, she had a daycare on a daycare after school thing after on the other side of it. And the money that what she was charging, this isn't about the money. I mean, it's okay to charge something, but, but, you know, we're not going to bring, you know, 10 year old kids in there and charge these families 150 bucks a a month for something, you know, we're, we're trying to get these kids more mobile and you have more body awareness and, and, and moving around a little bit. Then sooner or later, if they, if they're, if they can do some of the stuff, then we'll work them into to what they can do. basically what they're capable of doing. And, and so it, that, that didn't work out after about a year. Now, yeah. then I, I, we, we were got divorced and whatnot. And I, I said, well, you know, there's no overhead in this, in this garage. I wanted to keep it small. And, and, and to keep it to about 40 people a, a week. So, right. so that was, that, that made more sense. Now I can, I can do that with, with not much, with not much problem. Uh, with the, uh, everybody here will learn how to, uh, to, to use, how to use their body properly, properly to extend, you know, that motor pattern of, ex of extension. Uh, and we're training on our feet. We, 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 well, let's listen. The, the kids, they have to be a basic kids thing would be we check out their mobility, a lot of mobility work, ankle, hip, melt mobility stuff. We'll do, everybody's going to do, uh, these are kids now, 10, 11, 12, 13, even young as nine on occasion. Everybody's going to do, uh, a, they're going to do hyper extensions where they're parallel with the floor. Hyper extension is a terrible word, but they, they don't go hyper extend. They go to parallel to the floor. They'll do one arm rowing. We, we hope that we'll get to the point where if they can't do pull-ups, we'll do, we'll do lat pull-downs. Uh, we'll do body weight squats. 
If they can't do them, we'll raise our heels. Uh, we do seated pressing with, 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 with light weights. Uh, we'll learn how to shrug first and we'll, we'll do upright rowing. We'll do, we'll learn to jump and shrug. And then we'll learn to do a light front squat and overhead squat. Uh, that, that, that's real basic stuff for kids. The, the, the high school, high school football players and the guys that I got that are playing college when they come home. Of course, all those guys are making more money than me now. Hit <laughs> 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 these kids that are making fifty, sixty thousand a year. Like, oh my god, I, I can't even believe it. Uh, but uh, so they they come uh, when they come home. We we go right back to. They don't necessarily need to do the full lifts. They, they don't need to do full lifts. But if they have problems with mobility then we would like to get them to the point where they can do the full lifts. You know, the, the snatching and, and some of that stuff, it it's, seems real scary to people. But, it's, it's you know, I can teach somebody how to do a power snatch in 10 minutes. And, and uh, it, it's all about proper functional posture. So the functional posture, right. it, you know, it's a stable spine. But, it, you know, and, and people want to move with their back, and you move through your hips. If you move through your hips, that's where you get your true stretch reflex from your hips, hamstrings, and lower back. And so, you know, people want to bend at the waist. No, you move through your hips first and then bend. And, and that's that stretch reflex. Every time a person ever hit a sled in their life, if they hit it properly, that's how they hit the sled or if they're doing a vertical jump. But uh, the uh, uh, so, you know, the transfer, gee, it, it, it made all the difference in the world for, for me, coach. I mean, heck, I, I was the power lifter who was stiff, and I started to started to do the uh, uh, the Olympic lifting and I, I you know learn from the hang extend shrug you know and and, and we tell people yes yeah, tell somebody to extend well what does that mean okay you're extending no well okay then jump okay when you're jumping you're extending now can most people jump with a 400 pound hang clamp nah, not so much some can but you so that but you're going to extend and uh, and it's so yeah the transfer, gee whiz, you know, vertical jumping, and uh, that's well, you guys tested that all the time, probably on a basis at East Carolina or North Carolina when you were strength coaching. I'm sure y'all did. I mean, that that's a true test of power. Well, we we did it up in Marquette. Uh, we had the Olympic team up there in Marquette there uh, six months ago. They all tested, you know, on force plates and stuff. But uh, you know, I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, and I'm getting off the track a little bit. We're talking about vertical jumps now, but uh, it was 2000 before the Beijing Olympics. And, and I was involved in one of the camps at the Colorado Springs at the, at the Olympic Training Center. And they had, uh, we had the best juniors in the country. These kids are all on, they, these kids were 17 and under. Okay. And probably had about 15, 20 boys and, and not as many girls. We, it was the, the the probably the third dream team or whatever it was that they had this, they had the basketball guys in there, and they had the uh, they had the people who were that that were living at the training center, the weightlifters, and they were testing them all on the vertical jump. Well, the weightlifters had a higher vertical jump than than the than the basketball players, and people were going, "Gee, that's impossible! That's, that, there's no way that can be." I said, I said, why not? <laughs> I mean, these guys are standing violently and jumping with as much as 400 pounds. And, and, and the guy weighs 180. I mean, he, you know, take the 180 pounds, take the 180 kilos, 182 kilos out of his hands. And well, she, he's going to jump a little higher, probably. Right. I mean, and, and so the, I said, I said, God, call me a liar. He says, well, why, why aren't they playing basketball? I said, well, because they can't dribble. 
<laughs> They're good weightlifters. <laughs> they, they can jump. They can't shoot or dribble. That's why I quit in the first place. I wasn't good at that either, you know. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's, it's ridiculous. It, it, it's a true test of power, and and that in the broad jump. Well, the broad jump. I mean, how you got to have a little more hip and ankle flexibility, you know. You, you, so I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here, you know. Yeah, but it, it's what uh, you can't you can't tell a lot of these guys. Uh, a lot of the coaches, and even in this area, a place like Houston, Texas, who produces some of the you know, every every year, we got major major players coming out of this area. But you know, yeah. can't, these coaches, you know, they well, this is how we did it. You know, this and, and so I'm I'm dealing with something now uh, that it, I'm well, I'm not really dealing with it. I have to deal with it. I I I am trying to work around what they're doing. So three days a week. The local program here, well, we've got uh, four, six, eight high schools within a 10 mile radius here. This place is, you know, just booming with, with kids. And so, three days a week, they're doing five sets of eight. I mean, they've been doing this since since Christmas, since, since, since they got out of the playoffs. And so, they've been doing this now for going on, you know, six weeks. Same thing, every three days a week. They do five sets eight to bench, five sets eight to squat, five sets eight to hang clean, five sets eight in, in dumbbell inclines. Three days a week, they do the same thing three three days a week for they've done their six weeks. And I, I said to a coach, I said, "Well, coach, you know, why don't you guys uh, why don't you guys let these guys get strong for about twelve weeks and don't take them out on the other two the other two days and and, and run them to death. <laughs> they, they they kill these kids. You're running." kids to death these kids are not these are these are uh anaerobic guys yeah we're not killing it don't kill these kids let them get strong for 12 weeks you know i told a coach <laughs> and a nice guy he's a fired up guy this coach he's, he's a good dude uh, i got two i got two linemen two of his linemen i train here both these boys are six four uh and they're like 210 but these guys are good football players. They play with good leverage. They come off the ball low. They're tough, but they're offensive linemen. They're, they're, they're thin, but they, they, they're tough kids. They can play because they're tough and they use leverage and also smart. I said, Coach, let me have these guys for 10 weeks and we'll just put them on a, a squat program. I have, a, I have a squat program out there that's called Sword Squat Program. It's, it worked, it's worked for thousands of people. Uh, a lot of the MLB people are, are doing it for their pitchers. Well, long story short, but they, they uh, 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 let these kids let these kids work the big muscle groups and and get them on a let's, let's get them bigger. These guys can get bigger. They're never they're never going to be two hundred sixty pounds. These guys don't have the they don't have the bone structure for it, but they could be two thirty, yeah, 230, you know, and and and, and be and. and who knows? I mean, they could play. They could play Division two football for somebody, or one that's what kids athletic enough. He'd be a tight end. He'd be, you know, he'd be a heck of a heck of a player for somebody. He's also mean, <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, they they won't do it. They won't do it. And well, they and here's the answer. Well, we're a team, and I said I understand it, Coach. I was a member of a team for 15 years. I understand teams, and, and but we got to get you know we, we got to try to get these these kids. Uh, you know they got to get bigger. You're, you're, this this high this conditioning stuff you guys are doing, uh, and then the two days a week they take them outside and they run the heck out of these kids. I'm talking about uh, an hour and ten minutes, and it's just it's just these guys don't need to run. 
through the woods for four and a half miles. What are these? What are you doing to these guys? It, it's just ludicrous. It, it's ludicrous to think that we're still doing this in in twenty twenty four. Yeah. What are, What are we doing? And you know what, Coach? You could write a book, or I could write a book, or something. I, I know you've already written books, but the point is, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write one, but it, it doesn't mean anybody will read it. Uh, I, I, I'm just saying, you know. I, I, but I'm going to try. It, 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 what, I'm going to write something that's going to be directed towards the training and the development of kids. Yeah. And they get them to do. Uh, hey, I've had four kids clean jerk 400 pounds uh, in high school. Mm-hmm. That's it. Now, all four of those kids represented the United States of America uh, in, in, in competitions. Two of them were senior level competitions. All four, and that's three of the four, went to the Olympic trials at different Olympic trials for the United States. It yeah. can be done. It can be done. Why can't we? Well, I, had a, I had a power quotient that I used and devised. It was five values of vertical jump, three values of broad jump in inches, one value of power clean, add those three and divide by 40 times. And that worked really well for me. And uh, Bruce Carter at uh, UNC ended up with the highest score. I think he came in the door as a quarterback, probably power cleaned about 240. Uh, his senior year, he power cleaned 405, you know, came from the floor, 40-inch uh, uh, vert, um, you know, 11-foot broad jump. Four, three, whatever, 40 time, went on to play for the Cowboys for a period of years. But yeah, it's just like what you're saying. I mean, everything you're saying is what I believed in through my career. You know, and, and now you got people saying, well, we don't want to hurt people's wrists. We're going to do these trap bar jumps to substitute for power claims. And uh, nobody wants to do a snatch. And of course, nobody wants to do overhead because they talk about impingement. Oh, boy. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, so yeah, you're fighting a battle. <clears throat> yeah, I'm fighting a real battle. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm lucky in a, in a way that I'm lucky in a way here that I have other people here that are like wrestlers. And I've got three, <clears throat> excuse me, I have three uh, MMA pros that train with me, not all the time, off and on. There's periodically uh, as they, in about an eight week after training, they do some conditioning. They do about six strength work. Then they go and do their specificity, their sports stuff that they need to do. At, at, you know, and they do more calisthenics. But they still do pulls. So, yeah. but doing. But they all do. They all snatch. They all. They all uh, do push jerks and power jerks and power jerks and whatnot. Uh, you know, they a couple of them do overhead squats. But but uh, they don't need it. But but because they've got good range, they just like doing them. Uh, right. But. But the other kids here, um, shoot, I, I've got a, I've got some girl. Well, Sarah Robus, I've seen three time Olympian, but she's, she's, she's pretty special, but, uh, that's a woman who claimed jerks 360 pounds, but you know, I've got a, uh, I've got some young girls, some girls here that are, you know, you know, they clean, they're clean and jerking 225 pounds. Yeah. Well, well, you know, gee, don't, don't go grab, don't judge that book by its cover. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, you know, they, they can, they can take care of themselves and, and, but, uh, you know, the, the darn, uh, the, the, you can't get, you can't get these, these coaches to, 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 to move on, on any of that stuff only happened to me one time. And I was uh, blessed to be able to coach a, 
um, a school up around Baytown, Texas. And I was just going there after my job. I worked in Baytown. I was going in there and, uh, uh, three days a week. And, and that coach was open to it. And his son was involved in weightlifting. So his, his son was a defensive back and his son lived nationally in weightlifting. And, and I had, uh, uh, had three kids out of that group. Uh, one at two of them, uh, actually became a residence at the Olympic training center. One kid was the, one of the heavyweights I was talking about. This kid, um, you know, he, he cleaned and jerked, uh, 475 pounds. Yeah as an adult at the Olympic training center. And, you know, once he graduated, uh, he, I think he got just tired. He just got, got tired of just the, 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 the inner banging weights away and only lifting in three meets a year. That's tough too. I mean, football, you got a competition every, you know, and then you got spring ball and then you got, you know, it, it, but you know, that, that is tough. The other guy, uh, from Baytown, Texas, this kid, his name's Corey Wilkes. He may, special special kid he he's he passed he passed away i'm on a motorcycle accident but he and i had the same birthday not that that's the reason he was special but he he was just a good guy and a really good personality uh this kid's the one that had the had the, the vertical jump record up there that the when the when the dream team three came in and he was the one that did a 46 inch vertical you know i mean and everybody's looking at him like geez well, this guy's got a rocket in his hamstring. I mean, he's a he, he, this, absolutely. This guy's got it. You know, he's a unbelievable what he could do. But, but uh, he, <laughs> but you, you know, you still can't. That one spot in, in that one school in Baytown, Texas. That 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 was one school that that um, was really a uh, that they were open minded about it. And now, since uh, some of these coaches have have gone on and retired, um, they have come back and ask me questions and, and are now more in agreement. I go, coach, well, why were you, why weren't you more in more of agreement when we were doing this stuff here and trying to work with your athletes? Right. It's uh, everybody thinks they're doing the right thing. <clears throat> and that's great. That's fine. That's great. But I don't think anybody's really willing to, uh, not everybody's willing to go out and try to continue. And, and, for, you know, for me, um, man, on my own dime, I, I went to Russia. I did it on my own dime. Went over and trained for about uh, 10, 11 days. I went to Ukraine, worst place I've ever been in my life. I went there on my own dime, trained for a week, worst place I've ever been by far. Uh, the uh, uh, I don't need to be cracking on Ukrainians, but the the, the Ukrainian men are probably the the most arrogant macho group. Hell, I'm 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 almost hundred percent Irish. I shit. I thought we were. I thought we were uh, were were macho. That those those guys. We don't have any. We can't hold a candle that bunch. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you can't, can't hold. Uh, the Ukrainians. I, I don't know what they want. They think they're so darn good. But boy, and I, I don't mean crap. I should probably should be saying this. Maybe you'll probably cut this part out. But they 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 uh, uh, they just were not very nice people at all. But I went over there trying to learn something. I went to their sports schools. I want to learn something that I can bring back. The Soviet sports system was, was so it was so uh, well known, renowned on on what they did with with these uh, uh, with these kids, and yeah. you know they're they're taking these. They're now they're they're, they're obviously drugs involved i mean because they were doing some bad you know they were doing that kind of type of garbage but the uh 
where do you take a pretty much a ratio a race of Caucasians and you got guys that are actually running some outrunning some of our guys over here? I mean, how you know, what are you doing with these guys? You know, I mean, I mean, it's not not that it's not possible, of course, but being you know, everybody genetically, but the, but these guys, they just had people after people after people that are just, just what are they doing in these sports camps? So I wanted to learn. I went in there and said, okay, what do you got? And I learned a few things. Uh, and and the one thing I learned is everybody, uh, everybody did, everyone does, does deep squatting. Yeah. Nobody does parallel squat. Everybody does high bar squatting, and every everybody does deep squatting. Uh, everybody does uh, plank work for transverse abdominal training. Everybody does rotational stuff too. And maybe that's even maybe that's even where the Russian twist came from. Heck, I don't know, Redneck. They all do rotational strength stuff, which I, I thought was pretty pretty unique for weightlifters because weightlifters don't yeah. need rotational strength so much, but that, but they, uh, and the other thing was, is everybody does overhead stuff and, and through my interpreter, which was probably, I'm probably getting 75% of, the, of everything that that's being said is that when you put the barbell over your head, let's say, I, okay, I weigh 285 pounds. Okay. So if I'm putting 285 pounds over my head, then where's the center of gravity at? Well, the center of gravity is over my head someplace. You know, I'm six foot three and a quarter. The, the, the center of gravity is above my head. So what type of stresses is that putting on the smaller muscle groups or the muscle groups in general around the shoulder, the hips, a little bit, you know, even from external, internal obliques and serratus, terrace, you know, terrace major, minor, whatever. The, those, the, those joints or those muscles around the joints are, are it's, it's working those smaller muscle groups, building stability which, uh, you know, machines don't really do a very good job of it. Uh, I mean, you know, deadlifting, I'm what I did, deadlifting, uh, you know, yeah, it builds stability, but it doesn't do through the entire range of motion of the shoulder. Or the, I mean, <clears throat> so I, I, I was, I, I learned that everybody does that stuff. When yeah. I was, when I was, coach, when I was down there in Rio, uh, we were, it was the morning of uh, when my, my girl, Sarah, was going to lift. And we went in We went in early about 10 o'clock in the morning to do a light specific warm-up. And, 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 and on the, in the Olympic Village, they had a tent. The tent was about eh, probably 60 yards long, maybe even more, by about 30 yards wide. And in this tent, they had every piece of equipment known to man in there. And so there were different, you know, they had you know, eleven thousand guys, people, men and women there at one time, you know, tr- coming in and out training. Now that didn't, a lot of people sent people home, obviously, but uh, before even the closing ceremonies. But, but uh, we were in there, and, and I tell you, I really wanted to find the the uh, uh, Jamaicans, and boy, I was another blessing for me. I'm going down through there, and I see, I see the. the in the yellow, and I said, "Okay, man, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. What, I'm gonna see what these people are." And you know, Mustafa Powell, Usain Bolt, and those three stud women—I can't remember their names, but I can remember Powell and Bolt. They were in there doing power snatches. I go, "Holy crap! The the fastest humans on the planet are doing the quick lift." Yeah, I'm like, "Jeez!" And and I was talking to the coach, 
who was uh, he was a sports science guy, and then well, sports science assistant coach, and then they had the head coach who was an older fellow, and they go, oh, yeah, we 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 train we train this we train this all the time because of the start. You know, they start frequently coming out of blocks, but that we also do full squats. Now he he did admit that that Bolt and and some of them aren't that excited about it, but yeah. they but they did do it. And and uh, the girls were quite a bit uh, more technically sound than the men. And, and yeah, those uh, videos of bolt lifting, they're not real impressive, but uh... <laughs> no, they, but he's doing them though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And of course, that guy, you know, yeah, he's got to be, he's got to be over six four. Very right. very nice, very nice guy. But uh, you know, I was, I just felt good about saying that. And sure. I've shared that. I've shared that with track coaches and, and some parents, you know, so my, you know, my son, you know, we got to get, you got to get faster. And well, you got to do a whole lot of things to get faster, but you know, this, these exercises, yeah. I mean, so, you know, if they, if they don't have the mobility, then, then doing the full lifts and training, we'll get, we'll try to get the point where they can do the full lifts. Uh, you know, I don't know about you yourself. Um, you were a the back, weren't you coach? You probably always had good mobility. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. You know, I, I, for me, I, I, you know, I had good, I had good mobility until I started powerlifting. And then, so genetically it was there uh, for me, um, the, the swords family, we had really strong shoulders, a strong lower back, and we were very strong in the legs. So we, right. we, we had to squat. Yeah. And we squatted all that faster, but, but, you know, so, so the full range of motion stuff was, an, it was kind of a no brainer. It took me too long to figure it out, but, but. You know, it's uh, and that's how that's how what we do here in this 500 square foot garage. You know, we try to get we, we just critique the heck out of the kid. And then, you know, I've had kids that that have been uh, six months later, like the baby giraffe again. They they they're, they're you know, they growth ranches and they they don't they're not control their body. Like, you know, guys got these good kids coming in. Or, you know, you got college strength because you guys got kids who are already developed and you're sure you're going to develop them. But, but, you know, these kids out here, man, they, they might change year to year to year, these 12, yeah. 13, 14 year old kids. And so it's a constantly trying to, you know, move the workout in a way that is going to benefit them the most. But everybody does pulls. Everybody does some form of, of, of the list besides pulling. Uh, uh, <clears throat> we don't use straps on hang cleans or cleans. Uh, we use straps on power snatches. We don't use them on full snatches so much. Uh, we, uh, I do an exercise out here, which I know is very beneficial where we'll do the straps. We'll take the bar two bullet to the above the knee and we'll just basically just jump and shrug our shoulders. Well, you know, if I could get some of these kids, I've got a bunch of shot putters. I've trained a bunch of them, uh, through U of H and, uh, Leroy Burrell and Carl Lewis, they gave me a job about five years. I didn't want it. Cause I didn't want to come. I didn't want to drive to use. <laughs> I didn't also, also, I didn't want to go down there for 60, uh, uh 60 hours a week. Cause I'm retired. So I love you guys, but I'm not coming down here for every day for 10 hours a day. But the, the, uh, uh, the video was, it was making these kids, making these kids more explosive and they want to know what they were doing. I said, well, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. And, and these guys are, well, they're putting feet on their, you put a couple feet on their discus and, and shot. I mean, it's, it's working, but, uh, anyway, well, Coach, I'm going to have to uh, wrap this one up here. 
I appreciate right, well, it. I'd, I'd love to get together again and talk about programming. I had uh, two podcasts with Bruce Shake Snyder uh, here recently talking about speed. We're probably going to end up doing three or four of them, but uh, love to get back and talk about some more programming and some more uh, philosophy. Uh, I appreciate so much the stories that you shared with us today. Thank you. And, uh, you know, my deepest condolences for your son. Thank and, you. Uh, Thanks for sharing that that story, but uh, uh, really appreciate what you've done with young people over the years. Uh, I've been very impressed with you, even though I haven't spoken with you. Uh, I've been following you, so well, I just thanks, wanted Coach. to let you know that. That means a lot. And I'm uh, just a regular guy here, Coach, just trying to do the right thing. That's it. Period. I got you. Nothing fancy well, about me. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm just an old Irish boy that's just trying to do the right stuff. <laughs> you know, that way with the, with the, and, and asking the good Lord on a daily basis, uh, help me say the right words to motivate. I hear, I hear that. I'm Irish myself. So uh, I got you. <laughs> Maybe we got a guy. That's why we got a good connection. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate well, thanks, thanks so much for coming on, and uh, we'll see if we can get together again. And this is Jeff Connors signing off uh, for Absolute Empowerment, and God bless, and we'll see you next week. Thanks a lot, Tim. Thank you very much, sir. You've been listening to Absolute Empowerment with Coach Jeff Connors on the Sports Objective. Join us every Monday night for a new edition of the show. Listen to the show pretty much everywhere podcasts are found. Be sure to follow us on social media at the Sports OBJ on Twitter and TikTok, at the Sports Objective on Instagram. Like and follow our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. As always, we appreciate you listening to the show and go Pirates!